What do you get when you have three financially savvy women given a financial challenge? The answer may surprise you. That's what's coming up in episode 123. Are you tired of the traditional money advice? Me too. Bienvenida. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast. Join me each week for down-to-earth money conversations that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. And you will probably learn some Spanish along the way too. Lista? You ready? Empecemos with. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome. I'm excited to have you. And if you are listening to this on the day of Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving to you. I felt this topic and episode would be really appropriate during Thanksgiving because it's a holiday where we give thanks for our situation and money, our health, our family. And no matter how tough our financial situation is currently, I want to give you a different perspective from what you may be used to. Myself and two teammates got to step into the shoes of the financially underserved or the underbanked and experience what they experience each time they have to do a financial transaction. Let me tell you, it was not easy. And we will share with you our personal experience and what we learned. Now, this experience, this occurred when I was at FinCon, and you've probably heard me mention this a few times if you've been listening to the Her Money Matters podcast for a while. But this happened then in FinCon in Dallas, Texas, and it's put on by what's called CFSI, which is, stands for the Center for Financial Services Innovation. And basically what their mission is, is to improve the financial health of Americans, especially those that are under served by really shaping and a robust and innovative financial services marketplace. So they do a lot of research, a lot of works with different organizations, so this can improve. And if you're not familiar with the term underbanked, it also can be referred to unbanked. And that is basically a person with no current checking or savings account. Uh, and underbanked are those that do have these accounts, but they may go to alternative service financial services to meet their needs. And these alternative financial services can be those found at Walmart, cash checking places, at a pawn shop, those type of things. Now, to give you perspective on this unbanked or underserved population. In 2008, research showed that approximately 30 million households were underbanked. And this was really a growing market. And that 30 million households translated to 90 million adults. Okay. For comparison, the U.S. total population in 2008 was 304 million people. So out of this 304 million people in 2008, 90 million of those people were financially unbanked or underbanked. All right. And then in 2013, the research showed that the people that were unbanked or underbanked was at 
24.8 million households. So that definitely shows a decrease. So I hope that you enjoy this. I It was really a tremendous experience uh, for me, myself, even being that I grew up, uh, okay, until I was only eight years old, but I grew up in uh, Colombia. So it's a third, third world country. And I grew up with the experience of going either to with my parents or right, really my grandmother, when you go to pay bills, it was like a whole day process, right? And it was, there's no mailing things in. At that time, there was no online services, <laughs> not, not online, didn't even exist, aging myself big time there. But even with that experience, this was still a really eye-opening experience for sure. So are you ready to learn about our experience? Let's do this. Let's go ahead and meet Bryn and Crystal. Señoritas, bienvenidas. Welcome, Crystal and Bryn, to the Her Money Matters podcast. Now, we shared an experience together not too long ago that was eye-opening and frustrating at the same time, to say the least. Yeah. And I can't wait to share our thoughts on this Finex experience. But first, I know the person who's listening right this very moment is dying to know more about you. So if Bryn, if you could tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. Yeah, my name is Bryn Conroy. I created a blog called Femme Frugality. Um, I still write there and I also do content curation for it. I am also a freelance writer and editor in the personal finance community. Wonderful. And how about you, Crystal? Hi, everybody. My name is Crystal Hammond and I blog over at sophisticatedspender.com. I just show people basically how to just make, you know, little things, make smart decisions with your money. And I also, I'm the side hustle queen too. So I have like a thousand <laughs> jobs. I work for the government full time, I'm an engineer. Then I teach sewing classes and I teach Zumba and sanding. So I just share all wow. that stuff on my blog. That <laughs> is awesome. And for those of you listening, I'll be sure to I'll give you links on where to connect with these ladies because they're fantastic. So learn more about them. So let's start with breaking down our experience. The consumer financial experience is also known as a, as a FinEx, and it's just basically an infield workshop where we went and learned firsthand the challenges uh, and opportunities that there are in accessing financial services. So let's go into what we had to do and the time frame. Do you want to start us off, Bryn? Yeah, definitely. So we had two hours, which included our break for lunch. So we had to get food. Um, and then we also had to do fun things like cashing a payroll check and a personal check without a bank account. On top of that, we were supposed to go through and do other various tasks. Like we needed to buy a prepaid card and load it with a tiny bit of money. I think it was 10 bucks. We had to buy some art supplies for our niece's birthday, wire money to our sister, get a money order. We had to inquire about savings accounts and get quotes online for like disability insurance. Those were all the things we were supposed to do. <laughs> right. And then we thought, well, let's go to Walmart first, right? The one-stop shop where Walmart has the shopping, Walmart has access to a cashing check. So that was our first thought, go to Walmart. Of course, uh, some of the requisites were that we weren't able to do everything in that same location. We had to go to separate locations because they wanted to make it harder for us. But we found it a little even difficult because there are so many people in line just even to for us to be able to do the first thing in cashing a check. I mean, we started right. there. They all, the, they all had the same ideas we did. Like, let's go to Walmart to do everything. 
And that was, that was quite interesting. So Crystal, if you could lead us in what challenges, I know we will chime in as well, but if you could lead us what challenges we had and what exactly did we accomplish as a team in that time frame that we had to finish these tasks? Oh boy, it was overwhelming. So as a team, we were one of the rules where we had to stay together as a team. We couldn't just divide out, Hey, you go here, you go here. We stayed together as a group. So you would think something as easy and simple as cashing a check would actually, you know, you can make that happen. So we had a personal check. It was only for like 15 bucks. Like, you know, a lot of us, our grandmas still send us an actual check in the mail for our birthday. Mm-hmm. I know mine does. <laughs> so we had to cash the, uh, the personal check and then we had to cash our actual payroll check from our primary part-time job. So, you know, first step. We tried for Walmart, um, like Jen said, and it was the line was so long. We're like, well, there is a chase within walking distance. We noticed because, again, we're on our lunch break. We didn't we don't have a car. So we go to one place and we have to figure out everything in the one place. So we, we go to the bank that the check was drawn on, which is was a chase bank. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. And boom, we got hit with our first obstacle. We could not cash the payroll check because the check we didn't have an account with Chase. They actually let us cash the $15 check because it was 15 And they told us there was no fee if it's under $50. But even if we were able to cash our payroll check and it was only for like 70 bucks, we would have had to pay an $8 fee also for not having an account. But again, we didn't even get to cash it. I forget why they wouldn't let us cash it. Something with the company who wrote the check didn't I don't remember. Happen. It I was... Don't... It was because it was a chase. It was a chase check, if I recall. Yeah, and they were going to put something about no check number on the check, or or it was something weird. Right, we had the check number, but they said that because it had just been issued, they needed time to verify that the company who issued it actually had the money in the account. So we actually had to wait a few hours, and we didn't have a few hours. No, we didn't. Really, a big problem. Right. And, and then snowballed, right. That snowballed into our day of failure because then we had to let everyone down. Like, and it looks like we're just full of excuses, but we really <laughs> couldn't cash our payroll check. So, you know, our sister was having this big party for our niece. You know, we love our niece. So she, all she wanted was uh, a $30 money order. So, you know, our fictitious sister, we had to buy a money order for her for $30, you know, to help her with the party. So we weren't able to help our sister with the party. We were supposed to buy our niece an art supply present that cost under $15. We weren't able to do that because we were supposed to, with our cash check, buy a reloadable card to put money on it. And that was a whole nother story. We tried oh to gosh. buy because <laughs> since we were able to cash the $15 check, we had $15 without a fee to buy a reloadable card. So the first reloadable card we picked, it was a minimum of $20 that you have to put on the card. So and we only had 15, so we had to go back, find another car, wait in line again for the one cash register to say, oh, you have to reload this, you know, at the service desk. So we had to go wait in another line at the service desk. And then we get to the service desk. And you're like, yeah, you need to call the 800, 1-800 number on back to activate it. And it's like, are you kidding? So I get on the phone and of course it's a overseas company. And they're like, well, we need your social security number. We need your name, email address. So I was like, fine. We go through all that. And they're like, well, it's a dollar per charge whenever you use the card. For $10. And on top of that, <laughs> right, for $10. And they're asking my social security card and my home address to verify for $10. And then I go through all that. And she's like, well, you have to wait 30 minutes for us to activate it. So 
lunch break is over by then. So by the time I stand around in Walmart, you know, waiting another half hour, that's another failure. And then what else? Our furnace had been leaking. So we had to explore credit options in case our water furnace broke. And so we did find out some options at like a, what was it? The cash store? It was like the, almost like a payday loan yeah, type store. Yeah, it so was that. If, That's right. If we needed, yeah. So if we needed to borrow 500 bucks, our APR and the way the lady said it, she was like, it's 581.72%. So she made sure that we knew what 581.72 was and our percent for the APR crazy. for a six-month loan on 500 bucks. Right. And she it's actually crazy. gave us advice to go try Chase, even though we didn't have accounts there. <laughs> yeah, crazy. And I recall even when we were trying to load up the card, when we went to purchase it, that wasn't even an issue. Like, remember, we went to the cashier and they didn't know how to handle it, which I thought was interesting. So how many times is it such a special transaction that's so complicated, which we actually learned it was, right, in terms of just activating it? I was just surprised that being in a place where it seemed like if they are offering that car, that more people are using it. So a how train. often, right, and why aren't they, it was just struck me as odd. And remember our Uber driver even, you know, warned us. He gave us tips. He's like, make sure you get the green dot card. Right. Can- Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Only be used at Walmart. And you know, you don't want to get that surprise when you buy the card, load it and try to buy something somewhere else. And they're like, oh no, you can't buy it. Because the whole point was, for us to get the $10 card also was because we had a quote unquote son in college and we always send him money. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, you don't want to send cash in the mail. You want to send and then you see what they do with the personal checks. So it's better to just send, you know, a prepaid cash card. But we weren't able to do that either. Right. Right. And Bryn, if I recall right, when you went back to Walmart the second time to cash the check, because at the beginning, it was a long line and we were trying the to save the time and they still didn't cash right. it because of the stamp. Right, because at Chase, <laughs> yeah, they so when we had taken it. it to Chase, they stamped it. They like endorsed it. They said, right. "Okay, we are cashing this check." When they couldn't cash it, they canceled out the endorsement. But it freaked Walmart out. They were like, "No, we're not touching that." Um, right. so we couldn't even cash it after standing in like the forty-five minute line at Walmart. I don't know. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, because if you're on a lunch, you know, on a lunch break, because we were basically stepping into shoes, right, and stepping into their shoes mm-hmm. is like. It took so long and we got, literally, we got bananas, right? That's what we ended up with. (laughs) Bananas, bananas, because one, we had what? The $10 was already spent on the reloaded card or the one that you could reload. And then, so we had $5 to buy something. (laughs) Yeah, we needed food to feed our family. (laughs) So I'm like, well, bananas aren't uh, that expensive. Let me go get some bananas. And we had, how many hours we had from... We had, we took maybe two and a yeah. half, something like that. And, and we had of the time was spent in line. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And um, yeah, we got bananas, I guess <laughs> that was right. something, but yeah, so it was just definitely, I think all of us, we came away really frustrated. I mean, overwhelmed. We figured there was going to be a challenge or else we wouldn't be sent out to do this. Right. But figuring, well, we're going to go to Walmart. We'll tackle. We thought we were like smart. 
<laughs> and we're like, we're ahead of the game. We have this plan and our plan failed us, right? And it wasn't because of our planning, but it was because of the different, the standing in line, their different, whether policies, things that we needed to have or we, and we didn't have all those things. So let's talk about what we've learned from this day, because I definitely thought it was a great experience and people that go through this experience definitely should. So let's start off with you, Bryn. What are some lessons that you learned from this? Yeah, definitely. So one of the things that I heard from one of the other groups when we came back, I believe it was actually Jana um, that said this, was that when they went out, and they were actually the most successful, I think they finished Mm -hmm. everything but one task, which was unbelievable to me. She started out saying, you know what? Money is important and fees are important, but our ultimate commodity here is time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that I didn't necessarily start out thinking. I knew that we were going to be limited. But like you guys said, we were at Walmart. Like I thought I thought we'd be able to get everything done. But I think that that's a really important thing to consider is that when people are making these day to day decisions, it's not necessarily what can save me the most money. It's Mm -hmm. I have X amount of hours to get all of this stuff done. And I only have so many ways I can do it. So like if I have to pay an extra two bucks to cash a check over going to the place, you know, three miles away, maybe that's something that I have to do just so I can get access to some of my money. Um, The other big thing that I came away with was I was expecting it to be frustrating. I was not expecting it to be easy, but I gave up really early. (laughs) I think pretty early on, I was like, guys, we're not going to win. Like, let's just like reassess and like figure out what we can do. And I'm not usually that type of person. I'm usually... um, pretty optimistic and pretty driven. And so then after that, to come out just feeling so defeated and mentally exhausted, I couldn't handle anything else that day. Um, I could, I was barely able to complete a coherent sentence for the rest of the day. I was just so drained. And that was really surprising to me too. And something that I wasn't necessarily anticipating. Right. And one thing to add on to the time, especially when you're looking at this population that already has challenges that we experience, and we we had, you know, an idea about it, right? You mentioned the time factor, because if you are earning by the hour, and even if your job is flexible, and maybe these transactions are taking longer, but you need to get them done, you're losing out on money that you could be making, right? Do you see what I'm saying? So you're losing on this money that you could be making. And then when you go to cash these checks and have these high fees, it's just crazy. It's crazy to me. Yeah, I feel like, well, my personal opinion is that it borders on criminal, but that's just me. (laughs) And how about you, Crystal? What are your thoughts? What are some lessons or you learned? Yeah, Brent hit a lot of, lot, a lot of good points because it is true. It's like you, and another issue was that we would wait in these long lines. We have to wait 10 and 20 minutes just to figure out what we can and we couldn't do. It's like, it'd be nice to have known that before we sit in this long line, like, hey, by the way, like, you know, you have to pay this fee for this check and things like that. And I see what Bryn's talking about. It's like, because I did, we started off so optimistic, like, oh, man, this is easy. We're going to Walmart. Like Walmart, (laughs) you know, accepts everything. Like, you know, they're not going to let us walk away with an uncashed check. They want us to spend that money in there. Nope. They were looking at us kind of like we were criminals, too. And it's like, don't you have a bank account? Things like that. And it's like, well, uh, no, actually, no. So it just made every obstacle every time. It's like, you know what? Let's just salvage the day. Like the bananas were like at the end where are like, yay, we finally we won. You know, <laughs> we achieved something. It and it, it is terrible because then we did feel terrible because it's like, what are you going to tell the landlord or the power company? Like we mm-hmm. would have come 
our, you know, power being shut off because we couldn't get a $30 money order because we couldn't cash our payroll check. It's like the snowball effect and it happens every day. So it's, it was frustrating. So I'm glad I went through it. And, but it does, it's like, we take everything else for granted, like direct deposit and things like that. No, absolutely. And for me, it really hit home and and just made me really reflect more of for this population that has these challenges, why this is one of the big reasons why they stay in the income bracket, in my opinion, because it's not necessarily about the education. I mean, that has a factor, right? But or the work ethic, but it's about the banking system or the financial services uh, system. And it's crazy to me because currently how our banks work, we put money in there, right? And then mm-hmm. let's say we need a loan we and we go to the same bank, we're essentially borrowing some of our money for a fee and they're making the money, right? Because that's, right. that's how they, these finance, the like the payday, the cash checking places, it works different. It's just they're charged for that convenience, but they're charged these astronomical high fees which puts them just naturally in the cycle of not getting ahead, which is mind-moggling and it's frustrating. But one of the things that I know Barbara, she was in another team mentioned, is that in New Jersey, their financial re- institutions are required to provide a low cost, low minimum a checking account, right? So if new oh. states like New Jersey require that, I think... If, if they're able to do that, because I don't know all the intricacies of running a bank and what they need to pay and all that stuff, other states can do so too. So, I mean, I feel like they should get on board with how they manage to do that. But I know it's also a checking account. They, they call it the consumer checking account. It's not highly utilized because they're having a hard time getting the word out about it, which I found interesting as well. There was um, another interesting stat that while we were there, CFSI presented, and it was interesting to me to see that people that were unbanked, like we're talking about New Jersey, they have these accounts available, right? A lot of people cite the main reason as of being unbanked is they don't trust yes traditional trust. financial services, mm-hmm. and I can see why. You, you run around and you um, get messed up about it all day, um, and then you want people to come and get a free checking account from you, like that level of care and that level of, oh, you actually care about me and my financial future. I can see how that erodes and how you would have a lot of trouble convincing people to hop on board, even though it would technically benefit them. Right. No, I agree. But the good thing about this is that organizations like CFSI, they are working on research. They are working with different companies and organizations to help the financial health of Americas, which is great because mm-hmm. I know there was one thing that I that just caught my attention that one of the organizations that they work with, they help, it's an app that helps for overdrafts. So basically, it's just a solution to notify the users. And I don't know how it's all done, but it's technologies, which I'm not techie, is um, they provide those notifications for those potential overdrafts. But will this particular underbanked population, will they use? It it all depends. Depends on the sub-demographic, in my opinion. But Mm -hmm. so, so it's interesting. So it's good that this is being worked on, but I think we've got a long way to go for sure. We do. Yep. They're bringing awareness, but there still needs to be more education, I guess. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And I love how they really, really work on that fintech stuff, because if you don't trust traditional bank, and I know they do work with places that provide traditional banking services, but if you don't necessarily trust those, maybe turn into the apps that they fund in their fintech lab um, at CFSI, that can be really helpful too, if mm-hmm. you're looking for somewhere else to go. <laughs> Absolutely. So any last words of thoughts or things that you want to mention about our experience? It was fun. It was rewarding. Check out our pictures and we'll, we'll make sure we send you all the pictures. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. So that yeah, everyone can, like, they can actually see what exactly the, <laughs> the task. I think we, if this were an exam, we would have failed also because we got points for each activity and we, we were like, well, we started off just defeated. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really hard to do anything when you don't have access to your money. Right. Yeah. You're yeah. hard earned money. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and one other thing I would say is I, I'm assuming that a lot of people that listen to this podcast go to FinCon every year. Um, this event does fill up pretty quickly, but if you mm-hmm. can get into it, definitely, definitely do it, especially if it's something you haven't done before, especially if it's something maybe you don't have a lot of exposure to in your day-to-day life. I feel like it's a really important perspective to gain as you go about helping your readers or your listeners um, and just kind of getting in touch with what happens in real life for a lot of people. Absolutely. Because I think there's it's, there's a difference in between reading about it, right? Reading about it but actually putting yourself in the shoes and experience because that those emotions that you feel, the frustration that you feel is it Real. makes an impact on how you perceive it and what you understand from that experience versus just reading the stats that a certain portion of that population has difficulty with these transactions because of the fees and all that stuff. So definitely the hands-on experience does make a difference. So ladies, I appreciate you being with me one more time and sharing uh, this experience uh, with the listeners today. So I will be sure to, um, for those of you listening, I will have links to these ladies' websites in the show notes. So definitely connect with them and we'll chat again soon, ladies. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks thanks for having us. I hope that you enjoyed that and that you gain a new perspective on a different population, or maybe you're familiar with this. I'd love to know your thoughts, your experiences. Maybe you yourself are dealing with this, or maybe you know someone or have a family member that deals with this a lot. So I'd love to hear those stories. And you can just send those to me at info at jenhemphill.com or just share with us in our Facebook community over at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. So thanks again for joining me. I hope you're having a fantastic Thanksgiving if you're listening to this on the day of Thanksgiving. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Bryn and Crystal for joining us and sharing our team's experience in Dallas. And next week, we'll be talking to the fabulous Marsha Barnes, and she will be sharing us how she's helping filling that financial 
gap. So I appreciate you listening. You can find the show notes on today's show over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 123. If you have loved this episode, please, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with a friend on however way you see fit and is easiest for you. So thanks again. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. We'll talk to you next Thursday and enjoy your Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.